usually if you're grounded in something bigger and deeper than the job, you can begin to see people in the business in a way that's much more healthy in terms of, if I'm looking from a consulting perspective, right? Because typically, you know, I'm addressing some sort of strategic need, but that strategic need has to be implemented by people, people with emotions, which is totally normal. Um, but people who have perspective are able to deal with that. Hey, welcome to the Consultant and the Coach podcast. I'm here with my good buddy, Josh. Hey, everybody. And hey, sometimes things hit the fan. I've been known. Yeah, you know what? Like we've gone on runs before and I will start screaming at cars and Josh is laughing right now. I will scream at cars. I'll occasionally I'll wave at them with one finger because they've Certain almost fingers. killed us. Certain four little words. How do we how, emotions? Emotions happen. Some people dogs nip at your feet and you, oh get, my you gosh. get a little anger. I forgot about that. But I'm getting fired up just starting the podcast. But today we are going to dial into funny one than I expected. Metabolizing emotions in the workforce because some people just get mad or some people get sad or some people don't do anything. Yeah. We're going to dial into it. So uh, it was about a year ago we had our our one of our very first podcasts, emotions in the workplace. Today is how do we metabolize those emotions? Um, so Josh, what, what, what Bible verse did you pick out for today? Yeah, no. And, and, and using a similar one that we had or same one, one of the few we had last year, just to reference it, I think is helpful for today, but also for those of you who want to go back and find either the blog or the podcast on emotions in the workplace, sort of as a, a preview or, uh, part of this one, um, <clears throat> the, uh, Proverbs sixteen thirty two: he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty and he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. So uh, emotions aren't bad, but it's about uh, learning how to manage them, metabolizing your own, and helping your team uh, work through that. Uh, and, and Eric, I think you had a couple of other scriptures for us as well, I right? I do, but what I'd like to do, can, let's start with an athletic analogy. Because mm-hmm. people understand, the thing I like about sports is sports is very, very safe mm-hmm. in terms of it, it, there's a start point, there's mm-hmm. an end point, at the end of the game, you either won or you lost. And there's a score. Or there's a, time, a score, or, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... In one of my hobbies is I'm a track and cross country coach, and I have now coached for going on 30 plus years, and it's to the point I I, I just I'm used to training runners. I know what it looks like, and one of my athletes, uh, she got hurt. She's a very top state level runner, uh, small school classification. You know, 800 meter wise girl. She uh, last year she ran a two minute 25 second half mile, which is a really really good time. Well, she was she got hurt and she's like, hey coach, um, I can run again. And so two weeks ago she ran 245, 20 seconds off her hmm. personal best. She was worried. I was not. Last week, she ran 2 minutes, 37 seconds. It's progressively getting better. Mm-hmm. Now, why? Well, it's very simple. She's training. She's working the systems. That is how our aerobic capacity works. Mm-hmm. Here's my bridge. Emotions are the exact same way. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, I'm going to be emotionally mature in anger. I'm going to be emotionally mature in sadness, you name it. It's something we have to practice. If mm-hmm. I were to say in Seattle, the very first practice, the Seattle Seahawks are going to go out and win the Super Bowl with no practice. You'd be like, Eric, you're crazy. That can't happen. You've got to practice. Emotions are the exact mm-hmm. same. Mm-hmm. 
and that's what we're going to talk about today metabolizing emotions how do we work the emotions yeah and i think what you're getting after there too is i think um mastering emotions does not mean uh not feeling them or Absolutely. avoiding them. it actually Absolutely. means more intentionally stepping into them mm-hmm. yeah yeah good I like now it. now here's the thing with emotions we've got to practice so some people are so nervous. I'm never going to do any emotional work. Well, eventually we will feel emotions. Mm-hmm. If we don't ever practice, you're going to get hammered come race day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why wouldn't we practice emotions? And so that's how we're going to talk about in work. How do we practice being emotional at work? So I I won't read them. I came up with two Bible verses. You know, so you, what I loved you read Proverbs, which talks about this is how things should be. Mm-hmm. But let's look at Jesus. Jesus with Lazarus, Jesus wept, he was sad. Jesus in Matthew 21, in the temple, he is so mad. He's flipping over tables. So what you see with Jesus is he used, he had sadness, he had anger. So here's a trick question, if you don't mind me asking you. Mm -hmm. Are emotions sinful? Uh, how long of an answer do you want? Uh, I don't think it's a yes or no question. I think it's, it's, you know, God made us, gave us emotions right? That's yeah. part of who we are. Um, but then I think there are certainly some emotions that are um, more likely lead us into sin than others do, for sure. Perfect. That's a perfect... <laughs> I didn't even prep you with that question. And that's why I quoted Jesus, because, you know, if you are of the belief that Jesus never sinned, well, obviously, here's sadness, here's anger. Those are emotions that he had that were not sinful. Mm-hmm. Now, we can be led into sin by our emotions if we don't know how to metabolize them. So, uh, so Josh, tell me, what are some, in work, what are some good and bad examples that you've seen either emotionally at work with team members, employees, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. CEOs that you've worked with? Yep. Um, emotions gone wrong. What, what comes to your mind? Yeah, no, I, gosh, it's a big topic. Um, You know, like anything we talk about leadership here, it starts at the highest levels of the organization. And and usually the the CEO sets the tone, you know, and for those of you who are listening out there and you run a company or you are GM over a a revenue stream of some kind, um, you know, whether you like it or not, it begins and ends with you. And and there is a lot of reality there, even if it's um, difficult to to manage. Um, And, you know, the best leaders I've worked with have done a really good job organizing their world and their life around the ability to have margin. And when it comes to emotions, the ability to have margin from a time perspective um, gives them the capacity emotionally and from a leadership perspective to absorb the emotions of people around them, the anger of their peers, if they have, you know, if they're on an executive team, the um, potentially the the dysfunctional behavior of of a boss, if they're maybe at Mm -hmm. C-suite level or director level. but more importantly than obviously for their teams, the ability to sort of take and manage their own team's stress by both setting a high bar in terms of what they demand, but doing so in a way that recognizes that, that those individuals to do their jobs are fighting internal challenges and issues with the market and trying to achieve their own objectives and, oh, by the way, have their own families and life outside of work that are stressing them out. And so the best leaders, I would say, have figured out how to, um, and I've seen these kind of scattered along my journey people who are willing and able to take the time, you know, and have that margin to listen and absorb the emotions of the people they work with. And I would say that the opposite is I've I've worked with several people who are so self-consumed and so poorly organized and so um, 
under-margined in their capacity. Um, some of that's uh, because they overwhelm their own schedule. Part of it is they don't delegate well. Part of it is, um, frankly, they're too selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, so any, of the, any combination of those three. Um, work with several leaders, unfortunately, who don't do a good job of that because they don't think of anybody but themselves and don't do anything to actually make that margin happen. Why do you think certain people in business, and I'm thinking primary, primarily your C-suite level, mm-hmm. have problems with emotions in the workplace and metabolizing emotions? I mean, some are really good. Yeah, I mean, if that's you who is good at it, props to you. But I, th- I think more people than not are not good. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'd be curious your thoughts. I'm sure as a coach, you have a perspective on this. I think as a consultant, um, people get really wrapped up in their um, their goals, the politics, the work life, and they lose focus and they lose their they lose their grounding. Mm-hmm. Right, whatever their values are, if they even have them, and, and in terms of how they, those values sort of sit underneath their work, and either work becomes an idol, or work becomes an end to itself, or the power that they're after, or the selfishness, or the vanity, like you named the sin, right, that takes over their priorities, you know, and if you separated John, whoever it is, from the role, and if they have nothing left, right, then you know, that's, that's usually a bad sign. Mm-hmm. Right. And that happens a lot. I think, unfortunately, um, part of that's, you know, American culture. And, and but why times. do you think this person, you know, this hypothetical John that we're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about, why do you think he or she yeah. would have a problem with emotions in the workplace? Well, it's because they, I think they get their priorities and their values wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because usually if you're grounded in something bigger and deeper than the job, you can begin to see people in the business in a way that's much more healthy mm-hmm. in terms of, if I'm looking from a consulting perspective, right? Because typically, you know, I'm addressing some sort of strategic need, but that strategic need has to be implemented by people, mm-hmm. people with emotions, which is totally normal. Um, but people who have perspective are able to deal with that. I don't know. What do you, what do you see as a coach? And when you're dealing uh, with- from a coach, I think we have a problem with emotions because they're unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Business is very easy. Okay, what what widget are we going to sell? Mm-hmm. What's our mission for our organization? What's our vision? What's our strat plan? We understand P&L. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, business is really, really easy. I quote someone, you know, business is easy until people get involved. Yeah. Because you then pull in people with real emotions. But it, it, it's hard because emotions are unpredictable. Well, I think in, in part of what you're getting at, though, is there is a science side to business. Right. That's what we go to school for. Absolutely. If you go to school for business, which you don't have to, you can be successful in business, frankly, without it. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's the science is actually not that complicated to your point. Um, but the ability to, to manage people and emotions and change and all the art forms of business that are less, uh, concrete and certainly less accessible via just going to some classes. Um, it really is that kind of emotional IQ. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, EQ. Mm-hmm. EQ, IQ. EQ, yeah. IQ. Um, that, that seems to I me, mean, I'm looking at your EQ book over there, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> the uh, that's 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 what separates most leaders. And I, I, I agree with that. And a lot of leaders think, why do we have to bring emotions into it? Mm-hmm. Here's the answer. God made us with emotions. <laughs> yeah, so you, you don't have, have a choice. Emotions. It just it's is. It's one of those, you, we yeah. can complain about it. It is still what it is. Yeah. 
And why does re- the sun go down at night? I mean, yeah. I'd like it to be sunny all day long. I sort of get sick and tired of and, the darkness. And this is where I ask, you know, are emotions sinful? No, they're not a sh- sinful. Now, they can't lead us into sin or they can't come out of a sin background. But emotions in themselves, God made us with emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, we love being in love. That's an emotion, mm-hmm. positive emotion. Love it. I'm overjoyed when my kids do great at attract me. I'm bummed when something I've poured my life into and I get angry when someone just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. But they're just emotions. They're neither, you know, some are positive, some are negative, but we've got to be able to metabolize them. So how do we metabolize emotions? Mm-hmm. Well, tell me more about what you mean when you say metabolize emotions. Talk so more meta- about that. Let's help our listeners understand what that I, is. That's a great, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. So metabolizing emotions is, comes out of the idea, just like, let's say we're 20 pounds overweight. We need to metabolize that fat and get rid of it because if not, you have this fat sitting on your be- belly. Mm-hmm. With emotions, I like to use the analogy of like a computer hard drive. The RAM fills up with too much gunk. You need to reboot it and mm-hmm. move the RAM, the memory from the RAM, short-term mm-hmm. memory, to your hard drive. Mm-hmm. Emotions are the same way. And this is, I'm jumping over really, really quickly. This would be like someone who has way too much emotions too many emotions that haven't been processed, i.e. metabolized, and their RAM gets full. And this is where you can get someone and all of a sudden you're like, okay, where are we going out for dinner? I don't know where. And then they lose it mm-hmm. because their RAM, emotional RAM was full. It's mm-hmm. a very simple question, but if we don't have that capacity yep. and move from the RAM to the hard drive, we can't use the RAM for other things. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're talking about the metabolism is this process of either, in one, one analogy, moving things out of the RAM into the hard drive and or um, basically losing weight to make your body more Absolutely. able to sort of And this is where it. I yeah. started with the analogy of an 800-meter mm-hmm. runner. Mm-hmm. My runner is going to be getting progressively faster through workouts. No one's going to say that. That's, it's just flat-out science. She's going to go from a 245, 800-meter runner. I believe we can get her sub-220 by the end of the year. How do we get those 25 seconds? Workouts, eating healthy, you name it. Mm-hmm. Emotions are the same way. We all have emotions. If we don't process and metabolize them, we can't become a faster runner or an emotionally healthier person. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, we've got to metabolize emotions so we can get onto the business side so we're not keep derailing ourselves with our emotions or even our employees' emotions. Yeah, and how, how would you recommend when you work with leaders, <clears throat> two questions there, how do you help executives metabolize their emotions and then how do you enable them to assist their teams i i'm glad you asked that question because that's where we were going yeah the role as a coach i would say one of my number one roles as a coach is to teach people how to metabolize emotions Mm -hmm. there's a number of ways of doing this number one you got to know what your emotions are we just can't go unhinged Mm -hmm. Uh, you know as we've talked with healthy life balance sometimes emotions are as simple as have you eaten today yet Mm mm-hmm have you slept enough? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that. If you don't have your schedule, you're you're a mess in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, hey, if you've taken your quick power nap and if you've done this, you're rocking it as a consultant. You understand. A lot of people don't understand A plus B plus C equals mm-hmm. D. Mm-hmm. Um, but we understand sleep and food and all that. 
What we need to also understand is there's a lot of built up emotions over other things. They need to be metabolized and that literally by articulating them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it actually means getting outrageously angry in a safe environment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. Sometimes it means that this might scare people. We need to weep over some of our emotions, Mm -hmm. a violent weep to literally get them out. And what what it is, is it's not changing what has happened in the past. It's getting it out of the RAM of emotions mm-hmm. over to the hard drive. Mm-hmm. So if I cry over something, it's not that it didn't happen. It's literally the way our brain is functioning, brain, brain science brings it from the RAM over to the hard drive. That's mm-hmm. what it means to metabolize emotions. Yeah, no, and I, and I always go back to one thing I appreciate about something I've learned from you and, and just my growth has been just the importance of things like celebrating, which is a positive emotion. And, you know, for example, helped me just a couple weeks ago when I had a basically a record month of consulting work uh, for lots of metrics, um, which was fantastic, and texted my wife and I said, hey, I know it's a really busy time family wise i said but you don't have a choice <laughs> we're getting a bottle of wine we're drinking a bottle of wine or a glass of wine tonight after the kids go to bed for no purpose than just to celebrate the milestone like for 15 minutes and <laughs> and i think the wine was even terrible actually <laughs> but it was um it's another story but anyhow it helped to process that like so mm-hmm. so that i'm just trying to give a tangible example i think of oh, what you're getting at is is like recognizing that emotion for good, good or bad and finding a way to sort of market um, through an expression, whether it's talking about it, celebrating it in some tangible way, crying if you need to, mm-hmm. you know, loss of someone, something, you know, um, marking transition and loss in life is, is obviously also important. Um, so um, just an encouragement to folks to, to articulate it, like you said, and and. And, Find a way to market. And, and, and like looking at athletics, we understand athletics because there's a way of getting in shape. Mm-hmm. Likewise, it's the same with emotions. Uh, if anything, the high sea level leader needs to have a safe place to process emotions mm-hmm. because I can't just go off the hinges in uh, a major meeting in front of 70 people. Not a good idea. Yeah. The way a coach comes in is I offer that safe place to process some of those things, whether mm-hmm. it's getting angry. Hey, they didn't understand me and they missed this and they missed mm-hmm. this and they missed this. And because we did it, we lost $50,000. There's some anger involved in there. Now, once that comes out, then what will happen is we can objectively look at things. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a coaching perspective, what I would say is we, we all need a life team. We need safe people that mm-hmm. we trust yep. now there are certain people i trust us it's easier to celebrate by the way no one has a problem oh, with sure. celebrating yeah, yeah much, much but easier. there's another thing uh with some of the more negative emotions especially fear fear is a big thing that i see um we need people who are safe sharing our fears with mm-hmm. um and typically, I would say the the emotion of fear is not a good one to share at work because if 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 the CEO says I'm fearful of this, everyone else thinks job security. Yep. Now, if a CEO says they're not fearful of something, that's scary because 
everything can pivot on a dime. So this is the role of a coach or a nice life team mm-hmm. uh, that is separate from everyone else. Because I can share, hey, Josh, I'm fearful of this. You're like, well, I have my own job. I'm just here to come along as a friend or come along. And so as we build up our life team so we can process our emotions, who's on your team and what does that look like? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. And similarly, as a consultant, as I work with folks, and this is, you know, goes back to when we first started this podcast, you know, two sides of the same coin. You know, when I'm talking with leaders, um, there's similar conversations right around a strategy and a future direction of the company and, and, and key initiatives and key priorities and um, things like that. Because inevitably, fear and doubt and um, questions of competence start coming up, you know, continually, either from the individual who I'm working with, interestingly, or as, as I tend to make an effort to do, as I get to know folks around an organization to really try to understand a full view of what's happening and make better recommendations. Um, it's interesting how much there's also blind spots in terms of how much doubt there is about a particular individual, sometimes even who I'm working with. Um, and their ability to execute on a certain thing, even though they don't know it, mm-hmm. right? So then finding ways to sort of alleviate either other people's concerns or bring to light for, you know, the, the, the focused person what their issues might be and what the concerns are. So it's a really interesting dynamic to try to understand how to help uh, an organization work through those in, in, interpersonal relationships. So here, here's something that I've learned. So we all need to metabolize emotions, whatever they are. Whether it be celebration, anger, grief. I mean, if you don't know all the emotions, just Google feelings wheel. And just have like 77 <laughs> possible too many results, but yes. But what we need to do is do that. And you can pretty much dial all 70 plus emotions into five to seven quadrants. Yeah. Make sure you, we all have at least one person metabolize every one of those emotions. If not, that is a big area of weakness that you might need to hire a coach who can help walk you okay we're gonna we're gonna you you need to shore up that side of um and and just so you know your wife or significant other cannot do all of it for you Mm -hmm. where i see people go wrong is like well i've been married for 30 years and i have a dog that's all i need um your dog ain't that great i can guarantee you Mm -hmm. dogs are incredibly loyal we need someone for every aspect of those emotions well the other thing i would suggest you know as people thinking about you know coach or life team or what is is the other piece to what you said earlier is the reason to hire someone like you i think to help is as much like you would hire a trainer is is you don't work with that trainer forever the the goal of you know back to the ram analogy is actually you have quite a bit uh, too much in your ram and you need someone to help you make sort of the heavy three to six month lift of work to take things way years old potentially stuck in that ram out absolutely and then you set them up on a course where they don't need a coach but maybe Mm -hmm. they get a life team and they get some other support system so there is a process you can't just look at the quadrants and necessarily assign they might need someone to get them and and a good coach has a beginning it has an end i'm not here to coach someone for the next 50 years of your life right it's it's literally a short three to six month engagement hey let's get this thing out let's get rocking and rolling and then what i'd love to see with you know we have these emotions a great life team has at least two people in every area because sometimes, mm-hmm. hey, I can call so-and-so if this went hairy at work. Well, what if they're busy? Mm-hmm. Who's your backup? Yep. And we need a primary and a backup and preferably even a tertiary person 
you know, worst case scenario, then it's you and your dog in your car <laughs> just yelling, I can't believe what so-and-so did. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. It doesn't work very well. No. Um, it's better than nothing. At least yeah, you could well, say, hey, I need to just vent on this. Yeah, yeah. Well, screaming in your car, it only does so much. It doesn't talk back. Um, well, good. Well, I think this is great. What? Uh, how do we wrap this up for our listeners today? The best way to wrap this up is I would just encourage all of our listeners right now, think, how healthy are you emotionally? Literally, if something were to go hairy, whether whether horrible mm-hmm. or let's say it's your 50th birthday and you need to have a celebration oh, i don't have anyone to celebrate with that's that needs to be metabolized as well so end with just ask yourself how healthy are you at metabolizing emotions right mm-hmm. now and if you don't know get someone to help you dig absolutely into that. so yeah reach out to us uh, go to the consultant the coach.com uh, read our late, latest blog on this um and Hey, we would love to help you. Yeah, yeah. We try well, to good. Time. Well, hey, until next week, um, we have a good topic next week, but we're going to make them wait for that. Absolutely. Good. Hey. In, wait in suspense. Sounds good. Well, okay. hey, everyone have a very, very good week. And until next week, uh, thank you for listening to the Consultant Coach podcast. <laughs> Take care. Take care.